Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Hot Podcast. I'm Avery. I'm Makaya. Oh, so now that's what we doing. <laughs> you gonna tell me that I gotta follow? Sorry. You follow. You wanna follow? All now right, this bro. is thing. This is thing. That's just gonna have to be what it is. Go, go, Trey. Nah, bro. You wanna go? Bro. Go ahead, go, bro. I'm Makaya. <laughs> and I'm Mel. <laughs> Yo. Thanks for coming back. Um, so a couple things before we get into the episode, we're still very much so figuring out how this whole thing works. Um, I think we said it in the intro little blurb that you guys got as like a trailer in the beginning of the season that the three of us are typically recording from different locations. So what we hear on our call while we're recording sometimes sounds different than the audio that you get in the final run of the episode. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I feel like that was the only thing I needed to address because I'll address the rest at the other parts of the episode. So, yeah, I'm going to pass it to Makaya. She's going to get us started on our next part of the show. This week, we are trying yet again another um, format, if you will. It kind of combines what you got the first episode and the second episode. So we're going to have our topic discussion. We call that the bonfire. Um, and, and we'll have a conversation today that Makai is going to lead. And then each of us um, have the opportunity at the end of the show to air out any hot takes we have. Um, and I guess I'll, I will do that announcement now, now that I think about it. If you go to our Instagram, which is at the hot podcast three, again, at the hot podcast three, and you hit our link tree, you will see a link to a Google form where you can share your hot takes with us. Um, so let us know your controversial opinions. Um, honestly, because it's anonymous, y'all can say what y'all want, but we're not going to read it if it's too, too crazy. Um, but yeah, participate in the conversation. Let us know your unpopular opinions. And yeah, let's get into this bonfire. All right. So I'm excited about this one. Um, I personally have a lot of experience in this area. Um, oh my god so what we're talking about today is rejection Aww. and yeah, i'm gonna find something to put in there too what type of sound effect matches rejection though it's not even wah, i just wah, feel like that's the one that's I'm the one use, i'm gonna use a crowd saying oh <laughs> I like Boo. it. I like tomato, it. tomato. Yeah. Um, oh okay. And when you look up rejection, um, there's kind of two definitions. So this definition says the dismissing or refusing of a proposal, idea, etc. And then the second, the second definition is the spurning of a person's affections. Um, and then just some similar words are like the refusal, non-acceptance, declining, no, so on and so forth. So y'all know what rejection is. Um, and I feel like Miriam Webster did a whole lot. Like you could have just said to be told no. To be told no. I feel like that's what it is. To be like, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. So I guess to start off, to start it with some energy is, hmm. you know what? Yes. Have you ever been romantically rejected? You shoot your shot. Or maybe when you was young, you was out of school dance or something, and somebody's like, no. Like, has that ever happened to you? Give me the rundown of the story. 
and then I have a follow up after, and I'll share mine as well. But I have a follow up after. I mean, yeah, everybody done been rejected. You'll be lying if you say you've never been rejected. Can I think of the exact story right now, though? It's a mix of one, I can't think of one, and two, I'm not sure if I want to share how sad I went out anyway. You know I'm I mean? about to. But whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, this podcast is about being honest. It is open. It is and transparent. So I feel it like it is. If y'all haven't picked there. up on that at this point, then I don't even know what to say. Honestly, I feel open like you gotta go there, bro. Spells high. You're right. But yeah, you don't think. have to give any names. No, I wasn't gonna do that anyway. But I'm I am like still trying to think of a situation that I can like recall. I can think because I know I what's happening. Think of a few. Yeah, I mean, if you want, one. I can go. You can go ahead. Um, so when I think about romantic rejection, for real, for real, the person who I am today when it comes to romantic dealings is a direct reflection of my childhood, because that's where I feel like I faced the most romantic rejection. And what do I mean by that? Well, put it this way, like went to a very small middle school. And by the time we were like 11, 12, everybody wanted to date, which was weird at my particular middle school, which Makai went to the same one because our classes were so small. And so there were like 30 of us in this class and we all basically dated each other until we graduated because that was the age when we started to want to have romantic relationships but again this is a middle school where the class size per grade is like 30 for the entire class so you get creative and there were so many times oh my gosh so many times when i would walk up to somebody at a dance makaya remembers walk up to somebody at a dance when that slow song comes on and you ask if they want to slow dance been told no wanted to cry um back then i don't know if kids still do this i sound old even saying that but i remember you know passing notes and it was always will you go out with me it was never will you be my girlfriend will you be my boyfriend will you um be in a relationship with me it was do you want to go out with me which did not mean date like go out on a date that meant will you be my girlfriend or will you be my boyfriend so i would i've sent my fair share of notes that said will you go out with me yes or no with boxes that they could check and i got the paper returned to me with a note in the checkbox and i've also been broken up with overnote so like i got past a note in the middle of class and it was like i want to break up with you and it literally broke me <laughs> like i would be so sad it felt like somebody took my heart out of my chest and like just I mean, just tore it to pieces and stepped on it. You know what I mean? Did a little two-step or a crip walk on top of it. Like, it really, really stuck. So because of that rejection, then, you know, as I got older, I was like, I'm about to play it way safer. So, you know, I guess I'm putting putting y'all on game, even though it's not a game that works because I'm single right now. But, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of times... It's it's funny because I'm making a joke out of it, but it it is like a reaction, right? Like, I dealt with that stuff as a kid it's not that serious because you know I was a kid but it did kind of condition me to basically make sure that before I pursue a person romantically that there's some sort of mutual interest and if I'm not sure of that off the rip it is very um 
difficult, if you will, for me to shoot my shot. I've definitely done it without the certainty that somebody's interested in me, but it makes me more comfortable to know, like, you know, oh, such and such said you look good or, you know, with the way dating apps are set up, matching with someone, you know, you don't have it's, it's less ambiguity about the at least the initial attraction. What happens in the DMs after that is kind of depending on how the conversation goes. But that's kind of my deal with rejection romantically, because this day and age, I feel like I don't experience it as much because I'm so careful about going after people who, you know, might want to be with me. So yeah, you definitely got the ball rolling on my memory train because yeah, I do remember there was times in elementary school you passed them notes and you don't get that response you wanted. Like dang, or middle school, you know what I'm saying? They knew you had a crush on them. Yeah. It would just never go. Like I look at they this as a form do. of rejection, bro. If you chilling with somebody, like your crush, right? And then you know, like it doesn't happen to everybody. Somebody in the class hit that, oh, I see y'all. And they'd be right. like, no, nah, don't play with me like that. And you sit there like, <laughs> dang. Like, straight like those. Like, you couldn't even let it rock for so a true. second. Like, you don't think we look good together? Like, dang. <laughs> don't do but, that. Um, like, you're embarrassing me. Yeah. Like that. A uh, couple of dances. Yeah. That happens in dances. So that make you better. Make you stronger as a person when you could deal with rejection like that. You, you in a dance. You ask somebody to dance. They'd be like, nah. It hit you for a second, but then you got to bounce back. And I'll say this before you share your experience, Makai, like them couple weeks that you would be with somebody in middle school felt like years. So it really did hurt to get a note in the middle of class saying that they wanted to break up after you <laughs> felt like you really built a you built a bond after that month of being together. Like because a month in middle school, like everybody thought y'all were going to get married. A month, and there were couples who lasted like years through middle school. Well, shout out all the people I know who are still couple, together. Let me tell you, because there's a couple that I can think of right now who got together when, at least when the woman in the relationship was in like sixth grade, and they're still together with a child and they're buying a house. All right, sixth grade. I don't know nothing that far, but eighth grade, I definitely think I know a couple yeah. that's still rocking right now. Well, I guess it's my turn. Like I said, I have a lot of experience in this area. Um, I rejection has been, you know, a second a second language for me. Like I know when I'm being rejected, um, and it just I don't know, I don't know. I, you know, to echo what, echo what my brother was saying, you know, we went to the same middle school, we would have dances. Once you broke the threshold of, I think, fifth grade, you could go to the dances. And um, yeah, didn't have a good time with that. I only had from time of kindergarten up until it was time for me to go to dances, which was fifth grade. I had only been in one relationship and it obviously wasn't real. I don't count that as like my track record, but that was... I had one boyfriend, great guy, <laughs> great. Again, we were young, so I can't really say much. Loved him. Oh my God. I loved him so much. And then he moved away. We were together until he moved away. Yes. And it just hurt. It hurt so bad because I really felt loved. And I remember I would be in my room making little, little notes with hearts and drawing us. Oh, I will never be that down bad ever again. I'm dead. Anyway, Did you say how old you were? 
Yeah, I was in kindergarten or first grade. One of the two. <laughs> I was in kindergarten and I really That's really, what's really, so sweet about I it. Genuinely loved that boy. Like I loved him with my being. Like I was like, oh my God, we're gonna be married. And I wow. remember I used to look at my dolls and I'd be like, oh my God, those are gonna be our kids. Cause I didn't understand how that worked at the time, obviously. Um, so yeah, and then from him all the way forward, um, I didn't really, you know, I didn't have crushes. That was one thing before fifth grade, you know, Justin Bieber was really popular. I didn't really like, you know, I didn't fantasize about that. Like romance wasn't really in my, in my radar really. And then fifth grade came around, it was time for the dances. And I would see everybody like dancing with their romantic Mm -hmm. partner for the slow dances. And I had nobody to dance with. And then it started like really eating me up. And then I would ask people again and it would be, no, I'm okay. Or they would just run away, which is fine. You know, (laughs) it happens. And I just remember one night I was just sitting there and I was just like, I'm never going to find love. And to this day, I still have not been in a relationship that just goes to show. But yes, I have been rejected in many different ways. Um, I think (laughs) the last two that I could speak on is one person um I messed with for four years all through high school um we never got together because he was messy that's my side of the story I don't care he was messy and he liked to lie and I didn't like that and so we never got together and then when he was ready to get in a relationship um I had gone through something with a best friend of mine and I couldn't trust nobody if I couldn't trust her of 13 years why would I get with somebody who I met and was lying to me doesn't make sense so you know another area he rejected me and it just never got past that and then the second person that was complicated because they were in a relationship and I messed with them fully while they were in a relationship messy and I was delusional um to a certain extent I didn't expect that person to break up with that other person um (laughs) this is a lot to follow just follow me all follow me I didn't expect this person to break up with who they were with I did not expect that but I did for a moment want us to be together and nope wasn't gonna happen so then I realized later like it wasn't gonna work either way and I didn't want that but the point is when I did want stuff I got rejected and then it just happened so you know I have my fair share of rejection a lot I still haven't been in a serious exclusive relationship you can call a situation a relationship if you want but I don't it's not unless we're exclusive and everybody knows we didn't go out so now you made me think of another one you go made ahead. me think tell of me another one it. tell me about it <laughs> you made me think of another one while I was in college because you know you brought it to the forefront when you were when you said it earlier this is a hot podcast for a reason and so I'm thinking about freshman year of college freshman year of college was anybody who you know made the decision to go to school you know that your freshman year of school whether you're at a community college or at like you know a university where you stay on campus that that first year there's pressure at least for me there was like internalized pressure to like get there establish some roots make some friends and and get my like next phase of my life started and upperclassmen a lot of the a lot of the time there's like multiple couples uh in different spaces and so I had met someone uh my freshman year and now she's like one of my best friends but when I say I had a crush it was like 
everybody, people in my family knew who she was because I talked about her all the time. Um, she knew. And on top of that, I told her how I felt. But this at this point, and let me tell y'all, when it comes to rejection, right, what the cliche of it all is, and maybe you were going to say this at some point, Makaya, but the cliche of it all is, you think like it feels so terminal, like you feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to feel this anymore. I never want to feel this again if I can help it. And I'm sorry, Makai, what are you about to say? I can see you. 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 I want you to talk about it in this moment because I but I have a question, I feel like regarding this. So save it because it's a follow up. Remember? So, OK, you know, I'll just keep as... telling the story then. OK, yeah, I'll just keep telling the story then. So. um. So I finally tell her, I literally remember this like it was yesterday. You unlocked that for me. I tell her in like October. Um, because at this point, it was just like, she was like one of my closest friends, uh, which, you know, I got there in August. So for me to even be feeling this deep about somebody around October is kind of crazy. But things happen fast in college. Um, and so I tell her, I believe it was October at least. You know, I like you, whatever, whatever. Um, and she hit me back like, oh, I definitely just started talking to someone. You're so sweet. Like this, that, and the third. Um, you know, just hit hit me with the nice guy spiel, basically. And you know what they say, nice guys finish last. That's some BS, but I'm not even going to go down that road. Um, we can say we can have a whole another episode about that. Um, and that might get me and Trey on our soapbox for real, for real. Um, but all that being said come to find out i don't know if i really want to take it this far i'm gonna do it because it's it's the, yes. it's the hot podcast yes. and i haven't said any names if take you know you know if you don't you don't period take it there take it there um but come to find out after i got into a relationship i hear from her that she was feeling me like and was gonna tell me the same day that I told her that I was like official with this other girl. Oh, I did not know that. Yep. Are you serious? Wait, you didn't know that? Wait, we wait, were hanging you got out. Official with the other girl. This is oh! tea. This is this is really tea. I didn't when know we, that. you never knew that. We, for real. I remember I, it like I it was yesterday two, two because together. me and this person. Yeah. So me and this person. Because of our schedules, a lot of the times when we hung out, it was like going to get food at the dining hall or just chilling in somebody's dorm and just catching up because that's the time that we had. So I literally remember she was living in my building this year. She came up to my room and we went to the convenience store on campus. And on that walk, I was like, so it's official. This was like February-ish because that's when I got into my only relationship that I've ever been in in college. And she, um, we were just talking and I was like, yeah, it's official. Me and so-and-so are... Of, you know, together. And she was just like, wow, I'm really happy for you, whatever, whatever. Then in July, me and my ex broke up. And that following year, um, I was hanging out with this friend, because we're still cool. We're very cool to this day. Um, and she was just like, you know, that day that uh, you told me you were official was the day I literally was going to tell you that I had feelings for you. And you know, we haven't talked about it since. And if she's listening to this, because again, she's going to know who she is. We could talk about it again, because I feel like in that moment, although she could have been telling the truth, 
like were you just saying that i don't know it was it was it was it was interesting so yeah y'all just got an exclusive and like trey and makaya know who this is so that was like a crazy situation i just had to tell it because you know we on the topic of rejection but that that one that one was like one that i experienced as a young adult and and it sucked but i got over it and like i said she's literally one of my closest friends today so so gorgeous okay so the next follow-up they're kind of the same i want to know okay 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 i got it what does rejection do to you emotionally now when you answer this question oh my don't god bring in how it affects how you operate because that's the follow-up of this just talk about how you feel in that moment and how it translates in your life and what rejection is for you emotionally, what it's like for you in the moment when it happens, get into the mess. If you guys aren't ready because you both look like you're thinking, I can start it off. Unless uh, no, I, I can. I was going to say, I have, I have a, Okay, one of y'all can start and I'll go last, whoever, you know. Well, all right. So, um, yeah, mine isn't really an emotion either, but it just makes you feel like less than. And when you get rejected for anything, it's usually things. That, well, even when you feel rejection, it's usually something that you wanted, which is the reason why you even feel rejected. But yeah, like if you really wanted something and you felt like you deserved it, you felt like it was time for that. It was time for you to do that. Then you feel like you get rejected. It's like, dang, now, now what? I feel like that was the best time to do it. Now I feel less than like I should have waited or something. Okay. So for me, um, rejection, it's act, it's changed over time. Um, when I was younger, it was just this abyss of loneliness because with like rejection, it's normally being accepted into something and that something involves some sort of community in some way. Um, you know, even romantically, you're going to be you're you're rejected from being with somebody like you know most of the rejections that i experienced growing up were involved community and being with people which is also another one of my questions that i'm excited to ask you guys but yeah so for me it was this kind of like overbearing feeling of loneliness and feeling like nobody wants me like that's just it and I never, you know, although, like I said, like at those dances, I kind of would just sit and be like, dang, like I'm never going to find love or whatever. I never cried about it. And I only mentioned that because especially I feel for the women out there, it is something you expect when women are rejected. Um, I never cried about it and it never hurt me to the core of heartbreak. Only one person has done that to me. And I don't, dang. <laughs> I got to pull my own card. I don't even want to talk about it. That's crazy. Hold on. I got to pause because I really don't want to talk about it. I need, I need to like feel like... Go ahead. <laughs> um, it was just a really important figure in my life. And it really hurt. We're not there now. Um, and I will, I promise to get on this one day, just not right now. I really am not that open. Like I'm trying, that's the point of this podcast, but that's like, that's to the core. Um, but me and that person aren't there where we are right now. So like, it's good. And we've grown. It's just, that was my, probably the only rejection that like really like broke my heart and I was crying and stuff. 
Um, so yeah, um, every other, every other rejection I experienced really just made me, it pushed me more and more towards independence. And I'll just leave that there because that kind of goes on to my next question, uh, which I'm just, uh, these questions are really exciting to me. Um, how did all of these rejections and, you know, rejection in general, whether it be the, you know, Avery, you shared a personal story, like, you know, one specific, you know, time. Um, and how does it impact how you operate in future um, pursues and, you know, whatever you're shooting your shot for? How does, how has it impacted that? How have you changed your approach in in certain things and you know you kind of already touched on it again you guys both said that you know you're more careful and things like that like get into that because I'm curious I know what I've how I've changed but I'm curious to hear how you guys have changed the question was how do you move yeah I'm trying to think specifically to me I know like what rejection could do for people in general but you want it specific to me, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, what, how do you, I'm not people, how do you change and how have you changed? Because I know for a fact we have all changed how we operate based on our past experiences as a whole. But with rejection, how has it changed how you have gone about other things in your life? Like, when you are trying to, when you're attacking something, whether it be, I don't know, a goal or whatever the case may be. And it's something that can be rejected. It's it, it, whether it be a person or, you know, a career choice, whatever the case may be, how has the rejections of the past changed how you've approached, you know, oh. going for something now? Oh, when you get rejected, like how I say you feel less than, um, since that's how I feel, I try to become more whatever I feel like I'm lacking and why I got rejected is what I try to fix, which isn't really good because that's me looking at rejection. Um, well, putting it in the context of the whole situation with college, um, you know, the biggest thing that I got from that whole experience was the fact that like, when it comes to rejection in general, um, you know, or not meeting a goal that you've set even like just we'll, we'll keep it in the, in the realm of rejection. It feels very um, permanent. If it was something that you were really passionate about and excited about, especially for you to be rejected in any way, shape or form, um, I think puts a lot of people and it put me in the position to uh, look at myself and start questioning, well, what did you do wrong? Or what's wrong with you? What were you missing? Um, you know what I mean? Because one thing about rejection that I feel like I do very often is I take that for what it is and I try to move on the same way that I tried to move on from not getting into Rutgers. Like there are are situations I think where it might be necessary that if you get rejected you go back and maybe you do advocate for yourself some more or you fight for that situation um you know I'm not saying that if you get rejected by somebody who you're pursuing romantically that you should keep going after them um but sometimes persistence does work and 
for me, that was never something that I picked up where like, you know, I get rejected in a situation and then I'm like, well, let's see if like I can turn that around for myself. Like, you know, can I still get what I want out of the situation? Most times out of 10, you know, if I get rejected, because the thing about rejection is when it's plain, it stings a little bit more. Meaning if I ask either of you to do something and you straight up say, no, I have no desire to do that thing. But like, I was excited. I assumed you were probably going to say yes. So all I was doing was formally asking you that stings versus I ask you guys and maybe there's like some excuses around why we can't do it right now or there's hesitation. And I'm like, maybe I can work around that. But to be told straight up, flat out, no, it puts me in the position to just kind of move on. So, um, you know, kind of rounding it out so that it's clear what I'm saying in response to your question. Um, One, I definitely try to like pick up my feelings like Jasmine Sullivan told us to do and walk in the other direction. Sometimes that doesn't even like, sometimes that means not even readdressing it if it's with a person. Um, Even if I know our relationship was altered because of it, or even if I know that there's tension because of that rejection, I'm going to do my best to just kind of like let it go. Um, And to be quite honest, because rejection isn't something at least nowadays that I experience often enough to be able to pinpoint how it, you know, affects how I move. I would say that um, I'm always conscious of the possibility that things won't go my way, especially after things like the Rucker situation, where again, if you asked anybody in the room, I knew I was going there. So when I got the um, rejection letter, it humbled me and, you know, helped me realize that like nothing is guaranteed, nothing is given. And sometimes, sometimes life isn't fair with the guise of what I feel like life should be because me getting rejection isn't me getting rejected by the school. Isn't necessarily fair or unfair. It was just, it felt unfair to me. Um, So when I'm trying to, you know, live my life and I'm headed down a path that I've kind of set up for myself. Now I'm just at a point where like, if I, you know, go after something and it doesn't go the way that I wanted it to, I just kind of take it as is. And I, I try my best to keep it pushing. Um, But the question then remains like, you know, how much of the stuff that I've kept it pushing with, how much of that stuff is still bottled up and bothers me today? And how much of that stuff have I like truly let go of? and moved on from. You guys really impressed me. Like, not just because of, like, the responses and, like, the clarity of it, but, like, I mean, I just bang with (laughs) y'all. I feel like that's going to be a common theme in this podcast for me, like, when I hear y'all talk, because we already do this, but hearing y'all really get into the mess and really essentially be like our, our each other's journal in a sense um it's it's just makes me want to hug y'all i'm not gonna cry i'm just kidding but like for real like that's crazy like and y'all really i bang with y'all <laughs> but um so for me uh it, it for okay yeah i you know i touched on it 
the rejections just pushed me more and more towards independence. Um, like I said, it didn't, I didn't cry. I only cried about one rejection specifically. And it, I realized, whereas, whereas, <laughs> um, whereas Avery said, you know, you didn't, what did you say? Um, I think you said you didn't help me understand. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think you said, what did you say? It was something, because mine is the opposite. You didn't know what to do with it. You were confused with your rejection. With my emotional reaction? Is that what it was? My emotional reaction was shock and confusion. Okay. okay. And then later, sadness came, but I like tried to pick up and keep going. Okay, so going off what Avery said, mine is kind of similar, but like also the opposite in a way, because for me, I learned early. Like I remember vividly thinking it probably was the fifth and sixth grade, you know, something stupid happened. It was another like minor rejection. I remember consciously thinking it's going to be you and me, meaning me, myself and I for the rest of our lives like we can't depend on people we can't expect or depend on people to accept us because relationships come and go um you know everything that I wanted I I, I understood at that moment that you can't like you said you can't depend on things you can't you know look at that and say okay this is going to happen it that was my moment of you never know what can happen. And since that kind of internalized into in independence, I really don't look for people. I don't care. I don't care if you want to leave and drop up out of my life. And it only increased through high school as more people fell off. If you want to leave and if you have a problem with me and you just want to vanish, okay. If you don't want to be with me, okay. I don't care. Will I feel it for a little bit? Yes, but it will never hurt me to the point where I will be down and shattered and broken and all this other stuff. Um, and the way it's it's changed me is that because I don't think I need anybody, I don't ask people for help. I don't, because I feel like I'm going to be rejected because I feel like I'm going, if like, if I ask somebody for help, they're going to say, no, you need to figure it out or, you know, whatever the case may be. When I'm reaching for something, because I have in the back of my mind that they're going to say no, or even the possibility of them saying no is there. I don't, I don't do it. I just, I'm like, okay, I'll figure it out. And in a way it's pushed me to be a great person. I think, I, I think it's helped me excel more than anything. Um, but in the same ways it, it forced me to struggle, you know, like sometimes I'm so independent and I'm so hell bent on not needing or being around people I find myself hurting and sometimes being around people is all I need. And I'm, I'm straight up rejecting myself of something that I could have, you know, because, and I guess part of that too is not wanting to feel that again. Um, but it's it, to me, to me and how I think of it, it's a matter of convenience, asking somebody for help. Then you got to depend on other people and then you're on their schedule. Now the ball's in their court. I don't like that. I like having control. I do. Um, that's something I learned about myself recently, but we can get into that later. Um, but yeah, so it definitely makes me hyper, hyper independent, hyper independent. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's, that's where I find myself.
Well, and sorry, are you done? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. Um, I think this is a theme that's going to come up quite a bit because I talk about um, this a lot, just as a person, in like all types of conversations, not even just conversations with Trey and Makaya. And I would be interested to know who listening, you know, think maybe me saying it will kind of bring it to the forefront for you. And it's very much so related to rejection, and that's the fear of the unknown. Um, I think the reason, another reason why rejection sucks so much is because in order to be rejected, there had to have been some sort of, some sort of proposal or prompt to be rejected. Um, and that to me feeds into my overarching fear of the unknown. And it's not a fear that, you know, puts me in a constant position to not take risks or not live my life. But you know, there are things that we go through as people, I think, and, you know, those things, especially as it pertains to like milestones um, or important events in our lives, you know, proposing to get married, applying to colleges, applying to jobs, um, things that will absolutely like have a permanent effect on your life moving forward regardless of what happens. Um, because although every second of every day technically has an impact on our lives, I think something like applying for a job that you're super excited for and not getting it, that does something to you. Um, the same way proposing to somebody for marriage and getting told no. It's like, would... a, um, oh. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna add that it's like, it's almost like it adds a trauma. Right, when it's something big. Yeah. And, and if you don't address it, then it's like that's just going to linger on you. And right. you don't even realize that that starts to change the way you move about certain things because that is now trauma. And I think because of those little small situations that were big in terms of how it impacted us emotionally, um, those are the moments that contribute to like a greater fear of the unknown. So it'll be interesting because I feel like I could talk we could probably do a whole episode about risks and the fear of the unknown and not knowing kind of like what life is going to entail each step of the way. But in the topic of rejection, I think rejection is what it is and feels how it does because when we got, it's like when you got up to bat, you know what I mean? You did not know until the pitcher threw the ball if you were going to hit it. There was nothing that you could do to predict whether or not you were going to hit that ball. You just swing. And if you miss and you strike out, I mean, I'm speaking in an analogy, but like hopefully that hits somebody the way that it's hitting me as I'm saying it like out of my mouth. Like not knowing what's going to happen it's when you're terrifying. up to that is scary. It's terrifying. It's paralyzing. So no, I'm not scared to live. I'm just scared of outcomes that like I can't do anything about yes yeah yes. and naturally I, i'm like a pretty anxious person because i'm always thinking ahead and i'm always thinking of the unknown so with all the possibilities of all types of situations it makes me anxious and like yeah and it doesn't really add a, no fear but yeah i just get anxious about what could happen yeah yeah and you know and to you know kind of not bring it home yet we're almost there the next question is have you ever expected to be rejected 
or yeah have you ever expected to be rejected and you were in turn completely accepted okay um, okay go ahead oh okay um I, I like to look at things with like optimism so i never really go into things expecting to be rejected so i would say no to that but i guess uh, an example of something kind of in that realm i like shoes right so like every every week every other week when shoes drop I wake up at 10 o'clock knowing that there's like a good chance I may not get them. So those are like the only situations that I know that I'm going into knowing that it may not turn out in my favor. And those days when I do get that notification that I hit, it's lit. But most days it's not. So it's a beautiful you know. thing. Yeah. I feel that. Um, That's crazy. So, you probably feel like a winner. Like you just yeah. feel so, oh, so achieved. Yeah. Um. So I keep thinking of examples rather than just like the answer to the question, because that kind of helps me get to my answer, if that makes any sense. And I think it's funny because I don't necessarily expect to walk in the door and everybody be like, boo, tomato, tomato, get out the space. Nobody wants you here. Rejection, rejection, rejection. I'm not necessarily expecting that. It's more so that kind of cliche, but like not really, because I feel like it's kind of relatable of like my girl, my besties and Daya said it in the Spider-Man movie. Like when you expect disappointment, you never can like be disappointed. You know what I mean? Like if you don't expect what's best, then you can't be disappointed. But but keep in mind. Like Trey, I'm not a pessimistic person. It's more so just in the back of my head, I'm always like, hey, this might not go the way that you want it to. So if it doesn't, don't go to the mirror and start pointing the finger. Don't immediately internalize. And that comes with just growing up because year by year, I realize what Trey said earlier in the episode that a lot of times rejection isn't personal and if it is or maybe rejection is personal but in a lot of cases in real life scenarios they give you opportunities to learn or grow very rarely do i get rejected at this age and feel like that was for nothing like that person was just being mean or vindictive or life just isn't fair there's some sort of like you know demon attached to me that's stopping me from getting the things that i want it's never like that it just puts me in a position to like look at the situation look at the situation and grow from it you know I what i mean that? um yeah go ahead just a quick one like a lot of times we'll be like wanting things or like asking for things to happen in our life and not really be ready for it so like when it's uh, time that things don't really be happening, it's not really like you're getting rejected. It's just you really ain't ready for that in your life right now. You just need y'all don't want to have church on this podcast. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not going. Y'all not trying to get to it. To y'all, y'all, y'all don't want to have church on this podcast because Trey just y'all said something. Y'all see where I'm going with Ooh, that one. Though. Y'all not Ooh. ready. That's one of them pure 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 moments. <laughs> you might not be ready for what's in store, so I rejection is necessary. Yeah, it's like a just a not yet really. Yes. You know I'm now, I'm, I'm going to get out the rest of what I'm saying. So hold on to what you're about to say, Micaiah. Hold on. What I was getting at is because of that thought process, a lot of spaces that I walked into in college, I was like, I could walk in here and nobody want to bang with me. Nobody want to interact with me, have conversations with me. Like growing up in a small town, 
and being, you know, fairly outgoing and being involved in things. It's and succeeding. Tell the truth. And okay, whatever. Um, I'm just saying, nah, nah. The nah. way that Avery the is way a that, golden child. Makaya, okay, 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 no, okay enough. We don't have need, to drag it. That's no, enough. I'm not That's dragging. enough. I'm not dragging. I'm telling you all that y'all need to understand in order for his point to fully come across. Because me and Avery, me and Trey noticed Avery is a golden child. That boy can do everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you okay. don't miss too much, man. So I appreciate saying. that. Now that that's out the way, <laughs> it has to be. What now. I'm saying is yeah. when you live life and things are going well, going well, going well, and then you enter a space where you become smaller. Because in middle school and high school, like I said earlier, small classes. Everybody knows everybody. The town that me and Makai are from, everybody knows everybody. So if you manage to come to the forefront as somebody who is looked at as a leader or, you know, the funny guy in the room or just, you know, any sort of level of just like um, notability or popularity, when you enter a space where you know no one, the fear is that, you know, you're not going to be able to establish yourself. You're not going to be able to meet people and make friends. It's one of the most daunting things about going to school in the first place is being in like this large pool of people. And depending on the amount of people who are at your university, you kind of become a statistic. And if you desire relationships, if you desire opportunities um, and all those things, you really got to push yourself and understand that you might not get it. And that's kind of maybe the mentality. It's not maybe. I know that was the mentality that I had going into college. I was like, you know, I'm going to a new state, new area. I don't know anybody here. I knew two people. That's not true. I knew two people at school and I knew that I could lean on them while I was there, but I wanted to have my own. And um, I was very, very nervous. I was very, I'm lit I can literally think of another situation where I was like, super sure that I might fail and then it went well um but for the sake of time I'll just leave it at that well that's more so just looking at things like prepare for the worst but still praying for the best like preparing for yes, the worst that's more so bad. what I was getting at earlier when I said if you expect to be disappointed you can never actually be disappointed yeah. that's more so the phrase is expect the worst prepare for the worst and pray hopefully. for the best yeah right yeah. oh well for me, um, you know, m the situation I can think of of expecting to be rejected and completely accepted, like completely the opposite was here again, college. Um, college was messy for me. That whole process was a mess. It was messy. Um, when I was applying, I didn't think I was. I didn't She's I was, still in school, by the way, just so y'all know. I am still in school. Yes, turn up. Don't want to talk about that right now, though. Um, uh, you know, I, when I applied, I didn't think I was going to get accepted to any school. And then the schools that I applied to, I think it was only, it might've been like eight schools, 10 or, or eight, nine or 10. It wasn't that much. Um, I thought every school was going to reject me like 100%. I had this paralyzing feeling and it scared me because- yeah, it, it scared did. me because, you know, it, it's funny because it up until this point in the episode, I've been telling y'all that rejection wasn't something that really phased me, you know, all the way to like, you get, you get what I'm saying. 
college though, because I knew at that point and I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do in my life, I can't do what I want to do in my life without going to school, which is I want to be a therapist. So I have to get a degree. I have to get some type of degree, even if it's the bachelor, like I have to get something. So knowing this about myself and knowing that I have to go to school for the type of career that I wanted and having this strong, I mean, it was so strong feeling. It felt like a cloud was like covering me all the time, hovering me. You know, I had this feeling that I no school was going to accept me. Um, and it might've been because of the, the stereotype or the myth that, you know, SATs play a major role in getting accepted. And I didn't do too hot on my SATs, but I was third in my class. So it just, it, it, it just messed with me, you know? And part of that too, was this idea of I busted my butt all through high school. And, and in turn, you know, because of one test an SAT, I can't get into school. So I had this idea that I was no school was going to accept me and it just was going to be terrible. And that I was going to have to go to a school that I didn't want to. I just, I was very, very, very terrified. And then the, the letters started coming in and I ended up getting accepted to every school. And ironically, I ended up going to Rutgers. So yeah, that's a that's little, the gag. that's, that's the gag about the connection between not to say Avery that she couldn't get in, not to say that she couldn't get in. <laughs> she deserved to get in. She had everything to get in, but she did and I didn't. It, it was really, it was really crazy. It was really crazy. That was something that I completely, and then I got money from most of the schools, which is another a- achievement in, in per se, because I got the scholarships based off of my grades. So it was really, it was a big deal for me to be accepted. And I was overwhelmed by it. I was taken over. And that was the first moment in my life where I realized that I'm capable. Like up until that point, it was like a question mark. Yes, this is true. Up until that point. Y'all don't want to have church on this podcast. No, it's just, the, that is like, that is so important to like put out there. Yeah, like really you found out that you're capable. Y'all don't want to have church on this podcast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it, it, it's true though. It's true. I really, up until that point, you know, I had, I was doing good in school. Like I had my grades. I had, you know, the things I was involved in, but never was I did I feel I had an award, which some people wouldn't even see it as an award. To me, it's an award to be accepted to any school, but to be accepted to every single school and get scholarships was insane for me. That was so important. And it really changed how I felt about myself going into college, of course, until COVID came. And that's another story, but yes. So that's what that was for me. Um, And it made me also, just to kind of wrap that that segment up, it was, it made me also realize the same way, which we talked about it, the same way, you know, you don't know what's going to happen regarding the negative, because I always say that in a negative aspect, you never know what can happen if you give it your all. You never know what can happen if you give your, I mean, you really give your all to everything and you really try and you just leave it out on the table and see what happens. And in that case, I did everything I had to do and it came through and I I did not expect it. It was, it was, it sneak attacked me. I was hit over side the head with it. And I was like, wow, like, wow, like, wow, I did that. And I, it wasn't anybody else. Like I did it by myself too. So it was, it was really monumental for me. 
this is this is a great this is a great show right here. Here's, I like this. No, show. because here's here's where it gets like insane for me, right? As you were saying that, bruh, maybe it just there it wasn't like the right time for this to come up. And I don't know how much you have left, Makai, because I feel like y'all are gonna have a reaction to what I'm about to say, and it might be the perfect place to stop the bonfire, but we can keep going if there's more to cover. Um the podcast. Oh yeah, that's the one. We've had multiple conversations yeah. about putting our effort into this and really giving it a shot and also the possibility that it flops completely and that like nobody interacts with it, you know, whatever the case may be, which we've said from the beginning that's not why we started this in the first place, but like, you know, it's a show, it's supposed to be entertaining, so we'd hope that we can build an audience who find the show good on top of the fear that it goes well. That's why I started looking like that. The fear that yeah. like Yeah, we talked about that. We yeah, the fear that like we do this and like people really enjoy it and we do create the community that we set out to create. It's like it's oh overwhelming. It's like and wow. Here's, and here's the last part of that. And I'm not even on no like inspirational stuff. This is just the way my mind works in that regard is when you think about life and when you think about um, pursuing different things, trying different things out, you know, especially as it pertains to your passions. The worst case scenario is that you don't succeed in your venture. But in my opinion, the best case scenario isn't necessarily that you do succeed. Sometimes succeeding falls somewhere in the middle because the best case scenario is where you could be if you do put everything that you have into what you've got going on. The way that society is built and different things that, again, could have their own topic in an episode, like, you know, what class you were born into, what race you were born into, where you were born, all of those can impact how far you go with the goals and the ventures that you take as a person. However, I don't know if anybody's really necessarily ready to talk about grit and to talk about what it means to really give your all to something. Because I think a lot of the times, if somebody came into the room who was more so looking from the outside in and looked over our efforts sometimes and looked over our planning and looked over how we attacked something that we wanted to succeed in, Sometimes we don't do everything that we could do. We put subpar and or minimal effort towards something and we want it to be successful. We want it to be good. But it's like, bro, when you look at how you handled that situation, you didn't really give it your all in the first and, place. And so how are you going to succeed? I mean, I know we talk about rejection, it. but I can't help but take it it's over the to same, this. It, this. It, 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 it's all tied together, though, because in that same light, and that takes yeah, me I don't want to have church. That takes me to my recent you know successes in college right now i if y'all knew me i promise you if you knew me in high school and even further nobody would have ever thought i would be doing this well in college and it is 100 because i decided when i was here at school i mean going to college but i was still home because of covid i decided and i looked at the grades that i got mind you was still a's and b's i was just like in every single class i could have gotten an a and I knew exactly how, and it is not, there's nothing more frustrated than 
being coming to a period of 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 completion or whatever and you look back and you're like i know i could have done better it's not even thing of oh i should have did you know in your heart and your spirit and in your mind that you could have done better and you didn't and i started applying that to everything i've done in these last six months everything has been success i've seen nothing but success and it's so good and it's been so good that on top of that the the failures don't feel like failures no more failure does not feel like failure anymore failure feels like just literally a learning opportunity yes and then it's so crazy how we we've heard this we've we all three of us have heard this in our lives before i know at some point we've heard that it's amazing how it really comes to light at some point in your life that failures really are not failures failures is an interpretation it is not the reality of the situation it never has been and it's just crazy that that that's where we're at like it's absolutely insane it's absolutely insane i'm very happy with where i'm at in my life with this podcast with everything i got going on so let me just make that clear (laughs) while i'm here okay sorry sorry so wait trey you didn't have it did you have anything to add or any thoughts no the only thing i was gonna say is um it's basically what y'all been saying. Like energy that you put into stuff is what you're going to get out of it. A lot of people like to do bare minimum. And when they get bare minimum results, they'd be like, oh, but what's going on? Like, you know, you could have went harder. And I had a moment like this myself, right? Like uh, last year, I think it was like last year, my my my, my pockets wasn't looking how I wanted them to look right. So I had this moment where I was like, dang, bro, like what am I going to do? Like, I'm only just starting my life. I got to figure out how one day I'm gonna take care of a family all that type of stuff I was I was going through it mentally right then I was just like bro like I know that I'm not doing everything that I could be doing to not be in this situation so I can't even like look around and like try to put blame on somebody or even like just be mad about the situation that I'm in knowing that I didn't do everything to not be in this situation you know what I'm saying I was sitting there like dang if I had this amount of money, I could do that. If I did this, I could do that. But a lot of things that I've been talking about that I'm starting to do right now are things that I should have started when I started talking about them, which was like three, four years ago. And I could probably be in a whole different place right now. But a lot of times we don't like to take that accountability for like how much of our lives we really hold like in our hands. A lot of times we like to look outside of ourselves and be like, oh, but if this happened, then I could have been able to do this. Nah, bro, you could really do whatever you want. Just put that energy behind it and go do it. Period. Wow. 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 Y'all spoke. We could today. keep going, but I can't. So we have we, we have can't. to get to we could stay is, on here for this hours. Is, really. This is the home <laughs> run question that I think is going to tie everything together. Are y'all prepared? Oh, there's another one. Are y'all ready? This is the last one. I'm nervous because we already had an hour 16, but it's a podcast, Oh well, so the we, last one's we, we got straight to it. We had to get into it. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Are y'all ready? Have y'all ever or do you reject yourself? Oh, that's a hard one, bro. Yeah. You I don't you don't even have to cut that pause, Trey. Put some crickets there because that took me out. No, yeah. That was that was one I had to think about. And it's funny that you say that because when one of y'all was talking earlier, I was thinking like I had a thought like that, but I forgot what it was. But I mean, I can I can definitely speak to it unless you are ready. No, you can to, go ahead. You know. you can go ahead. Um, yeah, 
I mean, that's the simple answer. I absolutely have. Um, and I'm not going to do the thing where I try to like trauma bond with everybody listening right now where I'm go. like, oh, we all have. Huh? Do, do you still right now? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I was going to say we like we all have and we all do. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about you asked me about me. So to answer your question. Yeah. And it's very it's in very specific ways, though, because in a lot of ways, I don't reject myself. And uh, phrasing it the way that you did is an interesting way to look at it, because I could say that, like, you know, the examples that I could give are ways that I've rejected myself. But I could also just say that, like, that's just a, la- a lack of confidence that I have. Um, but I think looking at the definition that you gave in the beginning, you know, saying no, turning away from, um, I would say straight up, since it's the hot podcast, my biggest rejection to myself to date deals with my love for singing period y'all know it and people who know me well enough know how much i love singing i love music don't get me wrong but like singing is really what does it for me and i think um of all of the passions and kind of hobbies talents whatever you want to call them that i have that's the only one where i blatantly tell myself no all the time um i've had conversations with people who are very close to me and people who don't know me at all, but maybe heard me singing a tune. I say the same thing all the time. Maybe I could be like a background singer. Maybe I could um, do open mics at local bars and stuff like that, you know, or become like a part of a house band, something like that. But to say that I could ever um, take music seriously, take myself as a singer seriously, I have just fully tanked that idea. Um, and quite frankly, it's not something at this point in my life that I want to pursue, but I can also honestly, openly and transparently say that a lot of it has to deal with, you know, I don't think that I've got the chops to be a singer, no matter how many people tell me that, you know, they like my voice, this, that, and the third, um, you know, and it, I don't I don't bring this up to sound like, oh, you know, of all the things that you could be rejecting yourself on, Avery's talking about how he doesn't sing. But, you know, again, if you know me, you know how serious music is for me and how much I love singing. So it it isn't small and it isn't, for me at least, something that is, you know, trivial in comparison to everything that people go on in their lives or go through in their lives. You know, music is important to me. It always has been. And still... I will, at this point in my life, never pursue music. It's not going to happen because that is something that I, you know, have just blatantly told myself no on. And don't get me wrong. I do feel as though, again, you know, my voice compared to other singers, you know, I don't know that it would necessarily make it um, mainstream. But there are other factors that play into why I wouldn't want to be a singer that deal with kind of what we spoke about during the social media episode, which, you know, even doing something like a podcast, people can want access to you and everything that you've got going on. But, you know, singers and celebrities, they've just got it in a different way. My favorite podcasters, at least at this point, any of the issues that they deal with, it's like dealing with commentary on something they said in an episode not with who they were spotted with at the local bar. You know what I mean? And 
so there's other reasons why I don't necessarily want to be a singer, but I have basically told myself no. That was a very long response, but it's just crazy because like I have quote unquote rejected myself fully when it comes to singing. I actually had a a, a realization, maybe I don't remember how long ago it was, but I had a realization that um I realized how much I actually do like reject myself and rejecting myself in the sense of like when I'm around people, I kind of shrink myself or like I don't show like certain parts of who I am to people because I feel like I don't want to be judged for who I am type of thing. It's like a I would like people to have a certain perception of me, but in me trying to like have people perceive me a certain way, I'm rejecting myself and things that I actually like identify with. So like, I don't remember when it was, but I remember like even in school up until a certain point, it just seemed like everything went smooth. And then it was like a, a shift one day. And I'm pretty sure that shift happened whenever I started like rejecting myself. Cause like I was, I was fine up until like, I want to say eighth, ninth grade, something like that. And I don't think high school would have made that shift like that, but I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it probably did, but like who I was in high, middle school versus who I was in high school, two different people. And who I was in high school trickled outside of high school to where now it's like I'm still trying to like not refine myself but a lot of things that I used to just put off like in school or like a lot of parts of myself that I used to shrink I'm letting them grow a little more now because like I don't really care what nobody think about me no more or I'm lying I would like to get to a better place of not caring about um what people think about me because saying I don't care would be a lot but I don't care as much, I would say, about how people like perceive me. So I'm doing me, bro. Straight like those. Love that. I really love those responses. Love those. Oh my gosh. I'm such a okay, fan you of don't, y'all. I about to say, don't celebrate just yet. Well. Answer the question. Answer the question. Dang, dang, dang. You on my head, ain't you? Yeah. Because that felt um, like a buffer. I want to get to the nitty gritty. It is a buffer so that I can think because I'd be forgetting what I'm going to say. So I talk until I remember. Well, if you're not ready, I do have like comments on what Trey said. No, I remember. Sorry, Steve. Okay, go ahead. Um, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> I reject myself probably in the most obvious way. Um, I reject myself all the time, but like I don't. Uh, at the same time, I think it's, I think there's a scale. I think it's a spectrum. Um, but what I'm going to focus on specifically are my looks and, you know, my beauty and how I think I am and look and appear to people. Um, some days I'm like, yo, I am bad. I am that girl. I look great. And other days it's like, I'm ugly. And I feel like I, you know, my face doesn't look this way or, you know, this hair is in the wrong place or my hairstyle is a mess and I need a new hairstyle. Um, you know, in, in, in the rejection of myself in, I'm, I'm learning to accept that I'm learning to accept that some days, even if other people disagree and they do think that I look good and I do look the part, at the end of the day, I am pretty. I am accepting that. I am a pretty individual. And this is from me, my own point of view. I'm not saying like everybody tells me. I'm saying I do think I'm a pretty person. I look in the mirror even when I look crazy and I'm like, you know what, girl, but you know, you look good and you, you don't have to 
you don't have to be on your head about it and that's new for me this is new as in well I can't say this year because it's literally February but the last like six months or so that's been new for me of saying you look good right now because in the past for me you know when I I don't want to say when I do look good because I think I look good now but when I was a smaller size when I had the cut jaw when I was you know at the peak of everything even though it's not the peak I literally was a baby and that's different I have woman weight now I, I was a child then, then, you know, I would look at myself and be like, oh, I'm not pretty or, oh, I'm ugly or other girls are prettier. When I look back at those pictures now, I look at that little girl and I'm like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Like, you know what I mean? And it breaks my heart. I couldn't imagine myself at that young age and my future self looking back at the pictures and being like, oh my God, I'm ugly. Or, or my younger self in that moment, hearing my younger self say to herself, oh, you're ugly because it's not true. And that's not what I think of myself. I think I'm a beautiful uh, uh, individual and human being and I'm learning to accept that. But, you know, it still is something that I'm working on. As Trey said, like, this is something that I am working on, but I think the place that I reject myself the most is probably my looks. You know, I'm getting comfortable, but it still is something, it's a lingering thought that, oh, I could look better all the time oh I could be smaller oh I could do this better um but you know we live and we learn and I think that's just a thing that everybody goes through so especially in the the times of social media so you know it's okay I'm okay with it I think I'm happy with myself when I go to bed at night I'm happy with myself when I wake up it is what it is period you want to be you know what I mean period and that closed off my questions so yeah you ate that so thank for you. context for good. i was gonna say for context um when we build out these episodes we're kind of just like unless we come up with the topic as a group um sometimes one of us might lead the whole discussion and makaya led today's and she ate that so claps thank for that you. um thank you. so the next the next portion of the show is kind of um it should be quick unless we get into like opinions and stuff based on those things um and it's only if you both have hot takes so the goal again like i said is to do you know hot takes at the end of each episode and read some of yours if you guys have any as well so um does anybody have anything that they're particularly fired up about today it's a light one hot takes and it shouldn't be it could be a light one i have one mine isn't light i'll be i'll tell you that right now but it's because i feel like it it doesn't relate to this but it's come up a couple times in our conversation today well i'll get mine off first since it's a little like more lighthearted. tom holland is trash with spider-man bro oops sorry like tom holland he's boring to me think about like think about the movies how much pizzazz is in the movies for real bro like i just thought about and i'm only saying this right because i thought about Spot like the last Spider-Man after watching it, and I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, like Toby was giving me a little bit more something in these movies. Even Andrew was giving me a little bit more. Andrew ate no. Andrew but Tom ate. don't really give me nothing in these movies, bro. What if you really want to talk about it, about? really like, personally, bro, it's like he's born. I can't think of like a good scene where I'm like, oh my gosh. You know what? Feel and that. I'm glad that you ten toes down about like, it because I can't even go over to that island and stand with you. But I'm proud of you for saying that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hold that one down, and it's rooted in something that I had seen, but it made me think about it. I was like, dang, now that I think about it, 
he might be the worst one. Like we always talk about which one is the best one. We don't talk about which one the worst one. It's and funny yeah, because it's funny because of all three of them, you know, just I'll I'm, I'll try to keep it brief. I feel like Marvel shifted to being like more so like sixty forty on the comedic relief relief thing or comedic um isn't it comedic relief yeah. is that what it's called um where there's a lot of points in the movie that are funny even in like really hard intense action filled situations especially mm-hmm. tom holland um tom holland spider-man is always he he has this childlike um demeanor to him mm-hmm. which i think is partially intentional because at the start of the comic i believe spider-man is 16 and then throughout the life of the superhero he does go into his adulthood maybe you know the combination of like his version of spider-man being a, an actual child and i wonder it's more so of a question than uh, a statement i wonder what impact being um a british actor had on him playing an american character because although he got trained on dialect um i just wonder if like any cultural dis- differences impacted that um he he did talk about how you know his version of spider-man spends a lot of time in the suit mm-hmm. and so he actually had to like learn slash refine his physical acting because toby wasn't from my recollection recollection if i go back and watch i'm sure it was you know kind of even or whatever the case but like off of the top of my head toby he what like was he really in the suit the whole movie the way tom be in the suit like the whole movie when you think about this latest spider-man especially and like the issues that he was having with his suit and all that stuff tom holland spent so much time in that spider-man suit that it came down to his voice acting and his physical acting to sell it so in that regard, I think he did well, but to your point, you know. I guess that's what it is then. It's like a disconnect from who the character is. Well, not who the character is, because I don't, like, I never read the uh, comics to be like, oh, this is super accurate. I don't really care right. about that either. Right. But I guess since it's like, I watched the movie and I feel like I didn't get nothing, like, I didn't see anything because he right. was always in the suit and, like, it was always yeah. fight scenes. I guess that's what it was. Yeah. Because even in yeah. the first one, it was kind of, nah. But that's the thing. A hot take is a hot take for a reason. So you oh, said yeah. still standing it, on it, but no, you know I, what I mean. I, understand I just terrible. I just wanted to bring some dialogue that's a to terrible it. Terrible hot take. <laughs> it is what it is. Horrible. Because you're not even you're not even including the fact that like like this is different Thomas. I think y'all only think the the old heads is best because y'all are are old, bro. I just walked you through my thought thing, process. Though. Don't do that. I'm just I'm past saying. The Toby thing though. It, I I feel feel like y'all, y'all are doing a millennial thing where y'all feel like y'all shit is the best because wow. that's what that is. No, nothing to do. That's what that is. That's what that is. It might have something to do with anybody. My thing is, why are you clumping me? Wait, wait. Why are you clumping me? Because you've said that before that Toby is the best Spider-Man. But he said that Tom nah, is the I'll worst. Say Tom is trash, yeah. So that's that's we weren't talking about who well, is best. Tom is I wouldn't say I don't have an opinion because Spider-Man is not my favorite superhero. That's y'all's. So that's not my that's not my forte. I think they're all in different timelines, they're all in different cinematic parts different of the universe. Like you can't yeah. compare what it's not similar. So Whatever. That's just time. my opinion, but we don't have to get into it. 
Anyway. Do you have a hot take to, do you have a hot take today, Makaya? I do, but I don't want to talk about it. So no. Okay. Well hot what's yours? I have one, but I mean, do you want me to go? I mean, I guess okay, I'll say mine. Apple okay. Music is better than Spotify. And you know what's crazy? I've been seeing care. a lot of people on the Spotify train, and I'm just confused because convenience is what I look for, right? Exactly. And like having an iPhone, talk about it, Trey. It's a lot easier to just run to the music. You feel me? And like, it, it, it's simpler. I don't really care about all the interfaces and all that. Like, oh, this has the best playlist. Like, I don't care, bro. Like, exactly. I, I really and, don't like. And let's get into how the app is formatted. Yeah. Apple Music looks way better. It just looks better. Spotify, it's cute, I guess, but it's not it's not nowhere as good as as Apple Music. I don't care. Apple Music is better. You can fight me on it, really. I don't care. I don't care. There's nothing <laughs> you can say that will ever convince me that Spotify is better. Spotify has its perks, and I can understand how you could argue that it's better with the whole personal. You can it it, it has an algorithm so that you find music. Okay. Is that all you got? Because everything else points to Apple Music. Everything yeah. else. And now yeah. Apple Music has motion covers. Y'all aren't banging with that. The motion covers, they got all these different types of sounds that you can have. It's just better with Apple Music. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Spotify is for people with Android. Now really fight me on it. Hey, uh, oh, <laughs> dang. So That's like I said, mine's, mine's a little bit you know, it's kind of, I don't know if it's serious, but I, I think it could easily become deep. But I really do feel like it um, relates to what we were talking about. And I wrote it as adults were right. What do I mean by that? Um, when we were, we were having a conversation before we recorded the last episode, I believe. Um, and I was just sitting there pondering. And I don't know if what we were talking about made me think about this, or I was just thinking about different unpopular opinions that I have. And this one really started messing with me recently. And what I'm speaking to is when every grown person in your life, while you were a child, found that opportune time to be like, enjoy your childhood while it lasts. Soak up being a kid. There'll come a day when you don't want to be an adult. You're going to have bills, like just annoying stuff. I think any person can say they've experienced that and it's annoying straight up and down when you're a kid or you're a teenager or a young adult being told to enjoy the part of your life that you're at is just so cliche. If I just told you I want to be grown, the last thing I want to hear is, well, being grown is hard. You should enjoy it while it lasts. But I'm going to be very real graduating from school and getting into being an adult i'm not even fully taking care of myself yet mind you i'm i'm stacking my bread while i'm at home with the parentals and i still would stand behind that comment 100% from this side of the fence because first of all there have been multiple conversations that the three of us have had talking about the last time we went out and was on a trampoline, the last time we went on a bike ride, the last time we went for a random walk in the middle of the summer and just playing outside and just doing childish things and enjoying being kids. And then me and Micaiah had a conversation, and I know I've talked, to, with, talked about it with you too, Trey, is these bills, 
even when you're not paying for like every bill that you could possibly have as an adult, just stack up. Oh. They just stack. Breathing is an expense. Like it's crazy. So, you know, do I really feel like adults were right? No, it was kind of a buzzwordy kind of like, oh, what does he mean? But what I'm really getting at is like, bruh, if I could tell myself something, like if I could go back in time and like tell the like fifth grade Avery, because for me, middle school was a blast. I really enjoyed it. And I feel like at our school, sixth grade was the cutoff. I'm pretty sure that's like generic. That's the standard. Sixth grade is when middle school starts. And I would tell fifth grade Avery right before the end of the school year. These next couple years are about to be so much fun. So just make sure you like take a second, though. That's what this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that like kids should be out here just like recklessly be enjoy being a kid because I don't think we can help the fact that we want to be older and we want to be mature and we want to be grown and all those things. But what I would encourage myself to do back then is to take little moments and pause look around and just like really soak in what I'm doing, whether it be about to get, you know, do it, like get on a roller coaster at Six Flags, which is still fun as an adult, but mm-hmm. it was different as a kid. Um, Or being on the piers at Wildwood, just because going back there this past summer wasn't as fun. Um, Just little moments or like, you know, I, our parents made us do sports every season and for me spring meant baseball and sometimes I think about like those night games for baseball I'm like yo that was fun like I didn't even like baseball but it was fun to be out there at the turn of spring playing baseball you know with like kids from the neighborhood like that was fun and no matter what I do I can't return back to that time so in some ways because I've acknowledged that that kind of cliche statement is real I've been able to reflect on like my childhood and, and and kind of enjoy those things today. But boy, like I don't even know how I'll be able to articulate it to my kids so that it doesn't come off so preachy the way that some of these adults do. But like I really want my kids to like just in anything I can do to like make sure they understand how important it is to just like enjoy being a kid. Like, bruh. That just comes with being more present in our moments anyway. A lot of kids may right. not even understand that, but like even think back, I could think back to all the times that we used to be on the trampoline and all that. And we was having like the time of our lives at that time. But just looking back, we haven't realized how like how important that like moment was to like look back exactly. as a memory and be like, oh, I love that. But I think like this should be, a, this is like not really a hot take, but kind of. Nobody should lose their inner child. I hate when people like get older and be like, Oh, oh, nah, definitely. stop doing childish things. Like, bro, Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've contemplated buying a trampoline still. Like, yeah. just for myself, so I could jump on it and relive my inner kids. Like, reawaken my inner child from time to time. Yeah, yeah. The Everybody we needs to, to a, do that. Yeah, every the last time we went to the trampoline park. So much fun. Time of my life, bro. My, yo, trampoline, like, okay, I think trampoline all is personal for all three of us, because, you know, we stayed on a trampoline for, like, a good few years. The last time I was on the trampoline was with my job, and I really don't know how they did this, but all the counselors were jumping. We don't know where the kids were. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, Basically, 
it was it was so much y'all know dodgeball at the, you know dodgeball we did competitive dodgeball it was so much fun i haven't felt alive like i hadn't felt alive like that until that moment that was my favorite trip and then like there was this you you know if you've been to trampoline parks they have an area where it's just a bunch of like you know squares just an open an open jump and it it made me remember that i'm also athletic so when i was running i was jumping from each block i was clearing them things like i was jumping full force over them it was so much fun i was like man i forgot what it felt like to fly i thought that i was like i forgot what it felt like to fly and it you know what it almost made me cry when i thought that because i was just like wow you're such a kid i really yeah i love that i want to do hide and go seek in a big place i want to do that stuff again well it's funny so. because um i know you've read some of the book and i am currently reading it um it's by john kim and it's called single on purpose i already told y'all i was single so don't even try to play me everybody picks up at least one self-help book so don't even like chill um but in the book he talks about how when you're trying to like figure out how to exist as a person and really like be okay with the fact that you're single, that it's really important to connect to the things that made you feel free and like excited and happy as a kid. It doesn't mean going and buying a trampoline or going to the trampoline park, but it could mean joining. I don't know, like even in my instance, like doing something like CrossFit where you get to have a blend of working out and like gymnastics and moving your body in a way that's different than just like a treadmill or a bike or lifting. It brings in a certain level of like childlike fun that could connect you to who you were as a kid or buying the trampoline or going to the trampoline park is what you need. It depends on who you are and what you're going through at the time. But that's a very, very, very important thing. You know, I'm not necessarily interested in you know us doing the advice thing as a show but if there was any recommendation at this point in my life it really would be to like make sure that you don't lose sight of the things that made you happy as a kid and if you do go revisit it look at pictures watch movies anything you can do to like unlock memories that can give you access to yourself as a kid because when you do that I think it helps you understand a little bit more about who you are as an adult and what you can incorporate into your life where you're at right now to just increase your happiness. And um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm telling y'all, that's why I had to bring it up today in today's episode. Cause I was like, I feel like we on a roll and that's an important one. Oh, that makes like, sense though. Okay. Don't reject your inner child. bro. Yeah. Don't. That's, that's they the they crying on the with. inside. That is the message to leave with. Don't y'all know me though. I ain't never really stopped. Huh? I'm dead. Y'all know me. I ain't never really stopped playing around. Nah. And and that's the thing. We really do put a lot of like the focus as a group on laughter. What I'm excited to do as adults is do big boy and girl things, but have the fun that we did as children. Meaning if we, um, for context, we have traveled together before um, on like family vacations and stuff like that. If we, the next time that we take a vacation, you know, hoping that it's either sometime during the Panda Express or after, 
whenever it comes. Um, we do fun things while we're there that bring that child kind of self out. Got you it. Know, I got to hit four wheelers, jumping off of cliffs. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Just think like no, into would, water, we, of course, at a reasonable plane. height. We're jumping. Out I don't know if I can do that. We're doing it. Uh, that's one thing that like it's not no matter. Possible. That's the weirdest thing to me. I yes. hate like I'm so uncomfortable with it that I want to do it. Are like, you telling me you don't have an urge to just fly for like even if it's like five minutes? Are you like that's really all I want to experience? I, I want to experience just flying, like being in the air, looking down at the earth, and just being the like, "Dang, earth. I'm this high!" Like not in a, a plane or nothing. Like I'm like that's crazy. Oh no, that's not my hot take. Yeah, I, I do need a guarantee though that like the parachute gonna open. But after that, yeah, I'll do that. Well. Who's rapping? Uh, All I'm saying is y'all can. I'm dead. (laughs) All I'm saying y'all y'all can y'all can get in touch with your inner right brother. You know the the gentleman who created the plane and do all the flying you want. But I don't know that I can jump out of one. Yeah, no. Um, We're gonna do that though. It'll be our thing. Whatever. All right. Can can we put this in the archives right now? Right. I'm trying to think of a good number though, because I don't really know how podcast numbers work. But I was mm-hmm. about to say, once we get to a certain point on here, you got to make a promise that you jumping out that plane. straight up and down. I don't care. I don't care. I'll base it out because uh, it's an it easier. Don't matter. Match. Avery has promised stuff before. He's still not gonna do it. Don't nah, do that. He was gonna I, do that. I was though. gonna go into that haunted house. Don't even do that. But we'll talk about that another time. Don't do Not that. Him being guys. happy that it was closed. That's don't do that. Topic, but, hey. but we'll talk about it another time. If we, I'm and. I, y'all can feel how you want about this number, but I'm not budging. This is not up for discussion. If y'all don't want this, then the table the, the the offers right. off the, the 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 offers off the table. If our Instagram gets to 10k followers, mind you, we're at 81. Where I'm saying when there is oh. no time. If it gets to 10k followers, then I'll go skydive. So and this is on the win. record. Yeah, I'm saying when. More so when, not if. I'm gonna go ahead and claim it. Like when we get to 10k. All right, when so, we get to 10k. So I'll let's just say let's just seriously say one of these, do it. Let's just say one of these episodes go crazy, right? And within the next two then months, we'll we have get an 10K. experience to talk about. We'll have an experience to talk about. If it's in the middle of a winter time, then I'll just schedule it for the summer. And we can talk about it in an episode, period. I'm sitting here so, talking. Like, I'm forgetting. I still got to jump out the plane, too. Huh? Yeah. And if you don't do it before the 10K, you're coming up with me. We can all do it together. 10K for the Instagram. All three of us will jump out of a plane if you guys don't do it before then. Scared. I'm scared, but I'll do it. Yeah. Then it's settled. So any other thoughts, reflections, things before I wrap? Before we wrap? The um, message here today is to not reject your inner child. I'm dead. That is not the message. That is 100% <laughs> the message. But you should. Okay, that's not yeah. the message. I guess we could all do like a message, though. It's internalized and how, depending on how you internalize it, just really depends on who you are and it, you know, it changes. It just changes. Rejection sucks, but it's a part of life. It is. There you go. Rejection is never personal. Well, I ain't going to say never. A lot of times, rejection isn't personal. So don't take it like that. But a lot of the time, you can learn from it. Most of the time, actually. Um, 
Awesome. Okay, so let's wrap. We don't have any hot takes from you all. I did check the form while we were recording, and we didn't get anything since I posted it, and I expected that much because we didn't really uh, promote that part. But the other thing that we want to do is um, the hot seat question of the day, which on shorter episodes, we might even answer it before we wrap. But today, I think it's appropriate to kind of just put it out there. Um, It's more of something to ponder and reflect upon. I'm going to preface by saying that, like, the question is just a question. You don't have to interact with us. But if you feel strongly about the question that we pose and you want to interact with us, you can follow us on Twitter at the Hot Podcast 3, same as our Instagram, and you can use the hashtag. We can do hashtag the Hot Pod. Does that work for everyone? Fine with me. Yeah, let's do let's do hashtag the Hot Pod and you can put your answer on Twitter. Um and we'll interact with you there. Um, so let's see. So today's uh, hot seat question of the day is, how does rejection impact you emotionally? We talked about it during the episode and we wanna hear from you. So again, follow us on Twitter if you wanna answer that question at the Hot Podcast 3. Follow us on Instagram at the Hot Podcast 3. Check us out on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, um, all those things, and we will catch you on the next one.